Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 28th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is... Courage is Grace Under Pressure by Ernest Hemingway. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Love Witch. We're really focusing on chocolate because I am desperate for nice cold weather because it is unbearable here. Um, It is not a nice time. So I'm trying to pretend like it's fall, okay? Um, (laughs) This is kind of a chocolate-covered strawberry type of tea. Uh, It's called Love Witch because it has strawberries and rose petals and chocolate and, ugh, I mean, what more do you need, you know? Um, It also has cloves, which we are talking about today. So this comes to us from flyingthehedge.com. Cloves. Hmm. So it is said cloves is great for exorcism, healing, love. Money and protection, hence Love Witch. The name clove originates from the old French word clo and the Latin clavis, meaning nail, for its shape, like that of a nail. For this reason, cloves are often seen as protective. Cloves were a prized prized commodity in ancient Romans and Chinese. In fact, cloves were so prized that wars were raged over them, and the Dutch, wishing to capitalize on the clove market, took control of most of the clove grounds, destroying all trees outside of their territory. To increase prices, the Dutch even set fire to many of their own trees. Talk about, like, cutting off your nose to spite your face. And those of uh, the natives uh, or of their territory. So uh, basically they were like creating like a fake shortage. Can I, I'm sure there's a video essay about this somewhere, but the lengths people have gone to for spices. I mean, they are pretty great. You know, what can I say? All right, witches, so we are moving into some headlines. This comes to us from the NewYorkPost.com. Oh, wait, I think we already talked about this one. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we did. The witches who are caught eating the carcass. I wonder whatever happened to this. Actually, I want to see if I can do a little search and see if there's, like, an update. I highly doubt they just had that happen and then ignored it forever. So I'm going to pause this and do some research. 
Okay, I'm back. So I did some very mid-level research. And when I say that, I mean I looked at YouTube comments, which, like, if we're being honest, YouTube commenters will, like, find the sus, you know? So basically, if you don't remember, this was a story about a woman who had set up, like, a camera outside of her home and said she had video of women she called witches uh, eating the deer carcass. And essentially, they're wearing wigs. You can very easily tell. So kind of based off what I'm seeing from the comments and stuff, it really feels like the general vibe is that this woman um, set it up for publicity. Uh, and some of the reasons are good. If you actually look at the photos, one, there's no video, just photos. But if you look at the photos, like the women in the uh, video or the pictures are very, very like clean shaven, hygienic. Um, so they doubt it's like feral people. And then you can clearly see that there's like someone just like standing next to them, like fully dressed like a person. Uh, and many people think it is the person who cried witches because they're like suspiciously kind of the same built. I don't know the answer. I'm just reading what people are kind of theorizing. Uh, but there's really no update. It seems like it didn't catch on. I think how, how maybe people wanted it to. And I haven't uh, been able to find any updates. So it seems like people forgot about this, like, just as quickly as they heard about it. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. But I love hearing people's theories. Some people are like, oh, it's um, this or that or, like, this cryptid or whatever. And it's very fascinating. Um, but you know what? It's not hurting nobody. Assuming it's fake. <laughs> It's not hurting nobody. If you want to dress up in wigs and walk around in underwear and play in the woods, I mean, good for you. All right. So we are throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, July 28th. The waxing gibbous moon continues its adventure in Sagittarius today. Here, the moon forms a T-square to Mars and Saturn. This particular T-square is mutable in nature and can come across feeling a little directionless. Mars in Virgo is obsessed with getting the details just right. Saturn in Pisces is trying its best to tie itself to the big picture. The moon in Sagittarius just wants to go, to be anywhere but here. In the end, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't decide which approach to focus the majority of our attention on. We can get a move on and focus less on how we get there or what we're going to do once we arrive. We can stay and take our time planning our steps, or we can get an idea of what the bigger picture is that we're trying to achieve. Once you decide where to focus your energy, it'll be easier to thread the needle on trying to incorporate the other two approaches. Your daily moon mantra is, always focus on your effort instead of the results. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olivia Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. 
These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olivia Blake is a New York Times bestselling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olivia Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So I know in the past we've enjoyed the occult encyclopedia game where I open up one of my my occult encyclopedias. I have one book of a 1980s three-set edition, and I have a full set of a volume two, uh, I think early 2000s edition. So, uh, basically what I do is I just randomly pick one of the editions, and I look at how many pages, and then I put the pages into a random number generator, and then we see what's on the page. All right, this one looks like it has 992 pages. So 992, and we'll see what we get. And I actually have started making like kind of little TikTok videos talking about the stories we pull from the encyclopedias. So uh, just for little funsies. So I always like to click it three times. I don't know why, but I do. All right, we got page 220. And this is the Encyclopedia of Occultism and Parapsychology, second edition, uh, volume two, H through O. And we have 220. This is just such a fun little game to play with you on Fridays because Fridays feel so chill. Um, Oh, it looks like it starts on page 571. I guess that's how they like set up the volume. So let's do a new generator. All right, so we have page 824 and we are talking about Frederick Marion. He was born in 1892, and by this publishing, his date was, or his death date either hadn't happened or was unknown. So, Frederick Marion was the stage name of Joseph Cross, a famous European performer of stage telepathy and clairvoyance during the 1930s, who also claimed paranormal powers. Born in Prague, he was the son of businessman of a businessman and grew up in a practical atmosphere when he manifested psychometric and clairvoyant talents his family was annoyed rather than impressed and prescribed castor oil for an oversensitivity at school however the boy became adept at games of locating hidden objects and sometimes enlarged his talent by giving details Um, descriptions and information relating to owners of the objects towards the end of his school days he found it easy to kind of present his psychic abilities in the form of so-called tricks at school concerts and other entertainments he passed his final examination in mathematics not because he understood the principles involved, but because he had the unusual talent of being able to memorize the test volume of problems and formulate from beginning to end. After matriculation, he saw a newspaper report about a, about a 
Venetian performer named Rubini, who claimed special powers of finding concealed objects. Stimulated by his student friends, Marion issued a challenge that he could rival Rubini's feats. The story was taken up by the local newspaper, and a committee was appointed from amongst the Prague police and personalities of the city. Marion undertook to find, in a stipulated time, several objects hidden by the committee in different parts of Prague and described in a, or, uh, yeah, described in a sealed envelope deposited at the police headquarters. This is really giving me um, uh, American Horror Story Coven vibes. Remember they had like the eight wonders and one of those wonders was like divination and this kind of how they did it, this how they tested them. Marion later stated that his spectacular success was due to the fact that he established telepathic communication with the chairman of the committee. And indeed, there seems to be no other way in which he could have obtained access to the sealed information. He became an overnight celebrity and at the age of 19 was invited to perform at music halls throughout Europe. He was billed the telepathic phenomena and the man with six senses. In 1913, he appeared in Moscow on the same bill as Fred Carnot's Mumming Birds, a show which included Stan Laurel and a little clown who later became the world-famous Charlie Chaplin. Wow. In England, Marion was sometimes billed as the human bloodhound since he assisted the police um, in investigations. During World War One, Marion served in the Australian or the Austrian Army, and while stationed in Albania, tried his hand at water divining. He rapidly became so well known as a talented dowser that the military authorities presented him with a commission as an officer and sent him to different areas to find water for the troops. This is really neat. Marion was also tested by notable uh, cyclical researcher Harry Price, chiefly in locating hidden objects. Price concluded that Marion somehow gained um, indications from the other individuals present who had seen the hidden objects. So people are trying to kind of like assume that he's like maybe reading body language, maybe watching where eyes are looking like that is how he's figuring this stuff out. This is really neat. Um, let's see what else we have on Marion. I just dropped my computer. Um, yeah, let's see. During World War II, Marion joined the ENSA, the British Troop Entertainment Service, and traveled around army camps demonstrating his, his ESP talents at troop concerts. And in 1946, he took part in the BBC radio program investigating his psychic abilities. One of the first British radio presentations on the subject not then quite deemed respectable. Fascinating. They don't say really what happened to him. Oh, there is an autobiography. For detailed information on the life of Frederick Marion, see his autobiography, In My Mind's Eye. That's so neat. Oh, that was great. Okay. It did not let us down. The encyclopedia game 
did not let us down. That was a good time. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. I never heard of him before. So this is why I like this game. We're learning about people who are like quickly becoming lost, right? I always talk about how almost everyone knows who the Warrens are when, in my personal opinion, they didn't do quite as much as a lot of other people did, but they were just good at PR. They were just good at being seen. And I want us to like remember these cool people who are like a part of our history, who were cool and did neat things. And I just think it's so cool. Okay. Anyways, I'm glad we did that. I need to do the, the encyclopedia game every Friday. What do we say? Yay or nay? What do we think? Because honestly, I really enjoy myself when we do it. So, all right, witches, let's see. That's it. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Dancing Crone. Dancing Crone, you scrumptious, thoughtful banshee. Sherry Taylor, you transcendent, opulent butterfly. And Candace Cabell, you loyal, earthy pixie. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And we do have a card pull before we leave today. Our card is the Five of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot. And while I pull that up, a little housekeeping. Um, Sunday night, we have a witch chat for the Patreon members who are of that ilk. Okay? So Five of Pentacles. The lesson of the Five of Pentacles can be learned in two words. Cordelia Chase. You may be feeling like you've lost everything, your money, your status, your popularity. It may seem as though life has kicked your butt and left you in the alley to suffer. But what about what you stand to gain? Cordelia lost friends when she embraced a loving relationship. She developed a stronger work ethic and resilience and used her setbacks to build strength. So can you. All right, witches, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>